your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, November 26, 2021, coming off a Raiders victory. That's right. The Raiders come up with a 36-33 victory over the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Got a lot to unpack on today's show. Before we get into any of it, though, I do want to let you know that today's show is being brought to you by Stat Hero. It's the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups. Winner take all. Sign up for free. Right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. I'd also like to tell you and thank you for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. And remember, you can find the show free and available on all platforms. Now, let's get into the teeth of the show because, again, the Raiders come up with a big victory over the Cowboys, 36-33, overtime style, improved their record to 6-5, and five, a game that just felt like they had to have, really felt like the game against the Bengals they had to have, but they lost that game. They turned the page, went on a short week, went to the big DF dub, and uh, picked up a victory over the Cowboys, and it was, uh, it, it was a heck of a game. It was a very long game because of penalties, and we'll get into that, but, man, it was a heck of a game. Raiders come out with a victory, and they showed a lot of fight the way that they were able to do it. So coming up on today's show, segment number three, calls and texts. Straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Segment number two, I'm going to hand out game balls for everyone who deserved one. And, and I'll tell you, Raider Nation, as I was driving to the game and listening to the radio, and this is kind of cool to be able to do this and listen to the flagship station of the Cowboys, they were so, as a matter of fact, there was no way the Raiders were going to win this game. No way they were going to win that game. And I'll tell you, they were shocked that C.D. Lamb didn't play in the game. They just knew he was going to play, even though he was dealing with a concussion. It was almost like, hey, there's no way that this dude could be out. He has to play. But lo and behold, he didn't play. Cooper didn't play. And uh, the Raiders come away with the victory. But like I said, I get into all that conversation. It was just really crazy to hear as much as I heard on the radio uh, from Cowboy fans, from the beat writers, from the radio guys. I mean, in the fan base. Man, you think Derek Carr catches a bad a bad case. After the game, I was driving back to uh, Central Texas from uh, from Dallas and all the fans that were calling into the radio show, that's all they were talking about how Dak is a terrible quarterback and how Dak is doesn't deserve the money and Dak this, Dak that. And I thought, "Damn, you replace uh, Derek Carr's name with Dak and it's almost as bad as as the heat that Carr catches." It was it was pretty crazy and pretty wild to hear all the fans that were so angry at Dak and know he did not have a very good game on uh, on Thursday, but uh man, uh, they invested a whole lot of money in that dude. So uh, really, I was kind of shocked to hear all that. But either way, going to hand out the game balls coming up in segment number two. Segment number one, news and notes. And really, when I do news and notes following the game, it's really just has to do with the numbers. Uh, look at how the Raiders come away with the victory. Sound bites following the game. Derek Carr, Rich Basaccia, Hunter Renfro. Uh, we'll hear from all those guys here in segment number one. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. And I'll say off top, you want to know something that's a, a little um, intense a little intense is sitting in the press box and having GM Mike Mayock sitting right behind you and the president of the Raiders, Dan Vitrelli, sitting next to him. Let me tell you, not that they were saying anything bad, but you want to talk about a couple dudes that are intense during the game. And, you know, in the press box, and maybe you don't know, in the press box, there's absolutely no cheering going on at, at all. There, you just can't. You know, a lot of people hit me up all the time and say, Q, how do you watch the game in the press box and you can't cheer for the team? Well, you just can't. 
I mean, if you cheer for the team or you cheer for any team, you're going to get thrown out of the press box and then you won't get a credential anymore. But to have Mike Mayock and Dan Vitrelli right behind you and you can hear everything. And Mayock is so sharp. I'll tell you, I think I learned a lot sitting in front of Mike Mayock because throughout the course of the game, I mean, there's a play that happens in, in a couple seconds after the snap. I mean, he's calling the play. Okay, boom, hit him. Derek, step up. Uh, Max, do this. Ngakwe, in, in get this. I mean, there were so many. This dude, you want to talk about a guy who is into the game and into the action? That's Mike Mayock. There's, you know, there's some GMs that probably sit around in a booth and, you know, they have a lot of food and they watch the game on TV and they socialize with other, other guys in the booth with them. Not Mike Mayock. I mean, he is intense as it gets. And then Raiders president Dan Ventrelli, he uh, and I've had him on the radio show multiple times. He's a good dude. He was uh, he was intense as well. And uh, I couldn't tell you how many times he pounded his fist on a play that he didn't like or, you know, was excited about a play that he did like. And uh, Tony Pollard returned that uh, that kickoff 100 yards to the house. Uh, let me tell you, neither one of those guys was very, uh, very happy about that, as they shouldn't be. That was a huge play that really could have hurt the Raiders. But, man, you want to talk about intense. And it's funny because I had a couple guys sitting next to me. Hondo Carpenter was on one side of me, and then I had a couple other guys uh, next to me that, that cover the Raiders locally in Las Vegas. And uh, I said, I said, hey, man, no pressure having uh, Mike Mayock and Dan Ventrelli sitting right behind you, right? And they said, oh, damn. Good looking out. I didn't even know that they were sitting there. So I'm glad that you told us because we might have been down here talking and talking a little bit louder. And, uh, you know, they might have heard what we had to say. So uh, all of a sudden word got out that they were sitting right behind us, which is not like it was a secret. All you had to do was look. But let's jump into the numbers on the game. Again, the Raiders beat the Cowboys 36-33, improved their uh, record of 6-5. and five. It was overtime action. Derek Carr, 24 for 39 on the day, 373 yards and a touchdown. He was aggressive from the very jump, and I could appreciate that. That was one of my keys to the game that I rolled out the other day. Got to be aggressive. Got to throw the ball down the field. He did that. Got Deshaun Jackson involved early. Got him in the end zone early. D-Jax only had three catches for 102 yards and a touchdown. I say only. Three catches, 102 yards is pretty stinking good in a touchdown. But he also drew multiple pass interference penalties because, well, he kept stretching the field and Carr kept chucking it down the field. I love the fact that Carr was getting down the field and getting aggressive. Hunter Renfro, steady as it always gets, right? Eight catches, 134 yards. He was a stud. How about Zay Jones? Welcome to the game, Zay Jones. Five catches, 59 yards on the day. So uh, got to shout out to Derek Carr. Really aggressive game after coming off of a, a couple bad games. You know, he really did. He had a couple bad games in a row, but 24 for 39, 373 yards and a touchdown. I'll take that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So that was, uh, that was big for the passing game for the Raiders on the ground. How about the ground game showed up? The Raiders had 143 yards on the ground, led by Josh Jacobs, who went over 20 carries for the first time this season. He finally had 20-plus carries, 22 carries to be exact for 87 yards and a touchdown. Kenyon Drake added seven carries for 25 yards. Derek Carr had two carries for 22 yards, and really, the first carry he got no yards on. The second one, he goes for 22 down the sideline. Yeah, when's the last time Derek Carr ran for 22 yards? He got it on Thursday. And so 143 total yards on the ground. That's something that the Raiders needed to do. I didn't think they were going to be that successful running the ball, but I knew that the Cowboys' defense was suspect to the run D. You know what I mean? I, I knew, similar to the Raiders' rush D, uh, they, they give up a lot of yards. I knew that the Cowboys would give up a lot of yards if the Raiders were able to execute it and, and commit themselves to it. And Jacobs getting 22 carries for 87 yards and a touchdown, that was big time. Even Marcus Mariota got in the game and got a touchdown. Only had a couple yards rushing, but he got into the game a couple times and got in the end zone once, so I thought that was pretty big. 
How about we flip it over to the defensive side of the ball? Yannick Ngakwe had another sack on the day, and it was a big-time sack. It was an important play. Dak Prescott was stepping up into the pocket. Looked like he was going to take off, and Ngakwe gets him around the, the ankles, and boom, brings him down. I looked over at Hondo and said, that's why you go sign that guy. He is very good, and someone needs to come up and make a play when you need to play the most, and that's what Ngakwe was able to do. Uh, Mad Max Crosby goes another game where he gets a bunch of pressures, but no sacks. That's, uh, I think, five games now in a row with no sacks, but Ngakwe did get the one sack on the day, and there was pressure on Dak throughout the course of the game. But the most impressive stat to me for the Raiders' defense was that defensive line. They held the Cowboys' rushing attack to 64 yards. That's it. Because the Raiders' defense is not good against the run. It hasn't been good against the run. And teams have been gashing the Raiders against the run. But on Thursday, on Thanksgiving, they only gave up 64 yards and 36 were to Tony Pollard, 25 from Zeke Elliott. So uh, not a whole lot on the ground right there as far as the Cowboys trying to get their rushing attack going. How about we took a look at the special teams. Daniel Carlson came up big, five for five on field goals with a long of 56, three for three on extra points. So he was money. And then A.J. Cole, he's a guy who doesn't get talked about enough. He had five punts on the day, 243 yards, 48.6 was the long. Well, 48.6 actually is the is the average. The long was 68 yards. And that 68-yarder really pinned the Cowboys deep. And A.J. Cole's been solid all season long. So you got to give him a ton of credit for what he was able to do. Uh, now, they did kick the ball off. Carlson kicked the ball off to Tony Pollard. And Tony Pollard did take it to the house. So kickoff coverage was not very good on that play. Uh, I don't know why you even give a guy like Tony Pollard an opportunity. Just kick it out of the end zone. But... Uh, they, they were able to squeak that one out either way. I thought that that, uh, that 100-yard kick return was going to come back to bite them in the backside, but ultimately it didn't, even though they had to go to overtime to pick up the victory. Now, there was one part of this game I couldn't stand. The penalties were ridiculous. There was 28 total penalties called in the game. That's just stupid. I mean, just there's no other way to say it. That's just stupid. The Raiders had 14 penalties for 110 yards. The Cowboys had 14 penalties for 166 yards. Over 100 of them came on third down mainly P.I. or holding calls. Four of them were on Cowboys defensive back Anthony Brown. He had four pass interference calls. I mean, that was just ridiculous. 28 total penalties. The officials were acting like Chris Brown back in the day when he said, look at me now, look at me now. That's all they were doing. They were trying to be a factor in the game. Now, I'll say this. The pass interference penalties, they were legit penalties, but I mean, you don't have to call every single thing. And some went in the Raiders' favor, sure. Some went in the Cowboys' favor. Again, when you get 14 penalties called against you and over 100 yards, I mean, that's that's not an advantage to anybody. As a matter of fact, here's a little nugget from uh, NFL Communications. Raiders-Cowboys was the first NFL game in 18 years in which both teams had 14-plus penalties and 100-plus penalty yards. 18 years, Raider Nation. 18 stinking years. Thank you, NFL officiating, for deciding to be a major factor in the game and, and wanting to be seen. Everyone knows your name now. Trust me, everyone knows your name. Just got a couple uh, sound bites that I want you to hear because I'm going a little bit long here in segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast as we're closing out this week really strong on this Friday and then heading into the weekend, uh, Black Friday weekend. Hopefully everyone's going to be able to enjoy some time with their family and relax a little bit and uh, enjoy football on Sunday because you don't have to worry about <laughs> a Raider game and then we'll get back at things on Monday, but uh, I asked Derek Carr a question about the team coming out aggressive, and he had said before I asked this question, he had said something about we knew we could get these 
these uh, plays down the field if they didn't hold us. So that made that kind of triggered me, and I said, okay, well, is that something that you saw on film? Is that why you knew you get these plays? Because you came out aggressive from the very beginning. Here's Derek Carr on the team coming out aggressive. Yeah, I think I think one thing I've tried to do this year, um, especially when Eleven was here, you know, was I, I was going to be so aggressive, um, and. Uh, you know, it, it leads sometimes to you don't complete as many balls, you know, uh, on a percentage chart or whatever. But to me, I just, you know, I, Gruden used to tell me, don't ever take your arm out of the game, you know. So when we call these things, let's let's rip them, you know. And so today, you know, we felt I, I, we saw some things on film where hopefully we get some looks, hopefully we can get some one on ones down the field, and uh, we were able to find we were able to find some of those, you know, and have a you know an explosive day and. Um, you know, this defense, when you watch the film, though, they don't, they don't give many of those up. You know, so that's why I'm just so excited that our, we executed at such a high level. Because when you watch the film, they're, they're unbelievable. All right, so there was Derek Carr right there just talking about the aggressiveness and what he's been trying to do uh, throughout the course of the season. You heard him mention Henry Ruggs, and now Deshaun Jackson is there being that guy with the speed. So uh, how about Rich Basaccia? I had a question for him that I asked uh, about how bad the team needed that win after suffering three straight losses. You know, again, I, I tell them all the time, you know, I, I, and I told them in there, you know, at the end, I said, it's, I'm just not going to live by judging men by wins and losses all the time. That's just how it is. And we, we want the scoreboard to go a certain way at the end of a game. And, and today, um, that's what it was. But, um, you know, there's, it's just being a winner is not all about points. Um, I understand the ramifications of performance on game day. I understand the ramifications of what column the end of your game goes on, but I'm, I'm just going to stick true to um, the effort they've been putting forth, uh, the things that they've gone through, and to come out on the winning end today, uh, to go through it all the way in overtime, and to play like that to the end. And you know, you got to give credit to the Cowboys now that they didn't lay down; they kept playing. It was a physical game on both sides, and uh, emotional game looked like for both teams. I think they've got seven wins going into this game. So we talked about in the last press conference; it's a week-to-week league, right? And this week. Um, Due to our effort to some degree, um, it, it turned out to be us. Now, Rich Basaccia, he kind of tried to down downplay it a little bit. You know, it's a week-to-week league. We're taking it week-to-week. Uh, it's not about the the wins and the losses that, that determines uh, the, the character of the man. And, yeah, all that sounds great. And I'm not trying to disrespect him. He's been around the league for a long time. But ultimately, it's about wins and losses. <laughs> it is. You can you can have a nice guy. You can have a nice staff. You can have a bunch of cool dudes in the locker room. I get it. But ultimately, it's all about W's and L's. That's that's what this is. This is a win loss league, as every professional sport is. I mean, it's just what it is. Yes, you want to have character guys. You want to have guys that have no quit in them. Yeah, you want all that. I get that. But you also want winners. And that's what those guys in the locker room want to be. They don't want to be. Hey, you know what? They stink, but they're some real cool guys. They keep fighting till the end. They work hard. You know, nobody wants to be that guy. Yeah, everyone wants to be winners. And so uh, it's, it's nice to see them have that fight, come out and play with their hair on fire like they were desperate. One of, that was another one of my keys to the game. Go out there and play like you're desperate, man. Go out there like you have nothing, nothing else to lose. If you lose, it's a wrap. You know what I mean? Just go out there and say, hey, I'm going to leave it all on the field, and if we lose, then we lose. But I'm giving them everything I got. That, to me, is what the Raiders did on Thursday. And so the final soundbite I want you to hear is from Hunter Renfro. Uh, again, I asked him the question about how bad the Raiders needed that win after three straight losses. Um, you know, you uh, you know, you don't want to say it's a must win, um, but I think we felt it a little bit. Um, you know, five and six a whole lot worse than six and five, and to be the good Cowboys team um, on Thanksgiving in prime time, um, it gives us a lot of confidence going forward. 
And so being at six and five, we have a lot of, you know, long road ahead of us, but um, we're in, we took a step in the right direction today. There was Hunter Renfro right there talking about how bad the Raiders needed that uh, that win on Thanksgiving. Hunter Renfro had a big game, eight catches, 134 yards, uh, had some nice little uh, punt returns as well. And I'll tell you, man, Hunter does some things that I just don't understand how he does it. <laughs> I, I really don't. Like, I mean, he'll receive a punt, and then he'll put his foot in the dirt, then he'll go left, and then he'll put his foot in the dirt, and he'll go right, and then he'll stop, and then he'll go again. I mean, it's it's so funny. Just to see him, I kind of, I, I almost laugh, and and I look over at some guys that are sitting in the press box, and I was like, how, how's this dude even doing that? And they just kind of give me that almost that Michael Jordan shrug, you know, when uh, MJ changed hands in in midair against the Lakers in the finals, and they just gave the shrug, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's just kind of what we do when we watch Hunter Renfro. He's he's a fun dude to watch play, man. He goes out there. And you want to talk about leaving it all on the field? He absolutely leaves it on the field every single game. Definitely appreciate uh, his kind of, uh, you know, his kind of style of play. So that's all I got for you for segment number one. Coming up in segment number two, who's getting game balls? I'm looking at the offense. I'm looking at the defense and I'm looking at special teams. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about the title sponsor of today's show, which is Stat Hero. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose, right? And I'm not even a fantasy guy. And I know that winning feels so much better, but Traditional fantasy sports are long-term losing propositions because you never know who or what you're up against. But Stat Hero, Stat Hero is different. It's the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups. Winner take all. And here you go. Here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play and you handpick the team you want to face one-on-one. This has never been seen before. This innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. And why do they do that? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you're in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for. And Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. That's just what they do. Stat Hero head-to-head is what daily fantasy should be. One-on-one. Right now. Sign up for free at stathero.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use the promo code locked on for a 100% match. Simple as that. Stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code is locked on. Don't forget, terms and conditions apply. That's all from Stat Hero. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Anytime the Raiders come away with a victory, I like to hand out game balls. Now, I I hear people handing out game balls when they lose. Well, I'm not really into rewarding losing. You know what I mean? It's not everyone gets a trophy, but I will hand out game balls when they win. And since they snapped their three-game losing streak, they definitely deserve to get some game balls handed out. So let's go ahead and jump into this. Offensively, let's start there. Derek Carr, no doubt about it. He was aggressive all game from the very jump. I mean, the very beginning of the game, he was aggressive throwing the ball down the field, and that was a big deal. Going 24 for 39, 373 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, he just he just came out with a different mindset, and so I uh, definitely have to hand him a game ball. Uh, he was very excited after the game. I mean, his press conference was way different than it was uh, just a few days ago, uh, so I could appreciate that. And obviously, him getting that victory and the Raiders getting that victory was a big deal for not only the team, but also for him. And the last game ball I want to give out to the offense 
It's not going to be to Josh Jacobs. It's not going to be to Deshaun Jackson, even though he he's a guy that would deserve one as well as he had uh, three catches, 102 yards and a touchdown. Jacobs had 22 carries. Uh, you know, that was impressive and a touchdown. But really, I want to give a game ball out to the offensive line so they could just keep it in the offensive line room. I don't know. Tom Cable could take it and put it up on his shelf or whatever he's got to do. The offensive line was able to open up enough holes to get that Raiders run game going. Again, 143 yards on the ground and two TDs. And then they were also able to protect long enough to allow Derek Carr to throw the ball down the field because those plays aren't easy. Those plays, I mean, if you're uh, throwing it down the down the seam to Hunter Renfro like he did late in the game, guess what? You need protection for that. If you're going to throw the ball to the, the the boundary to Deshaun Jackson, you know what you need? You need protection for that. If you're going to go deep to Jackson multiple times, you need protection for that. That's what the Raiders were able to do all game long. They were able to get aggressive with the ball, get it down the field, and it's because the offensive line gave them enough time to protect. Now, look, the Cowboys have a dude on defense named Micah Parsons, number 11 if you don't know his name. That dude is a game wrecker. I talked about him the other day in, in the in the keys to the game. Don't allow Parsons to wreck the game. That dude is a monster. Sitting there in the press box and watching him play, I mean, he just about tried to wreck the game anyway, even in a loss. He was all over the place. But I still think the offensive line did a good enough job to help out in the run game and obviously the pass game. So that's why they got to get a, a game ball. Uh, Parsons is a tough dude to go after and, and try to slow down, but they did uh, about the best job that they could. So those guys, uh, Carr and the offensive line, definitely get game balls from me. How about defensively? Well, I, I kind of talked about it earlier in segment number one, the defensive line. They limited the Cowboys to 64 total yards rushing. That is huge because I did believe, especially with Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb out, I thought that the the uh, the Cowboys were going to spend a lot of time trying to rush the rock, rush the rock, rush the rock. Now, Zeke Elliott was obviously not himself. I mean, you could tell that he's banged up. Uh, he carried the ball less than Tony Pollard did, but Tony Pollard's got wheels. And that dude is super fast. So to be able to slow him down, and he even had a big run, but he got called back by a penalty. Again, another big play that you had to look on the on the field for laundry. And as soon as uh, he, he broke that big run off, I thought, dang, there goes a big run. And then I looked back and I saw that Dak was still standing there. And then right next to him was a yellow hanky. So I knew that one was coming back. But uh, that was really the only run that was a monster run for the Cowboys all game long. So, I mean, only giving up 64 yards and and normally the Raiders defensive line and the Raiders defense as a whole was giving up over 140 yards on the ground. Oh man, you got to give them a ton of credit. So uh, shout out to the defensive line for knowing that the Cowboys were going to try to establish the run, try to get cooking on the ground and to be able to slow them down. And then Dak just had a, a bad game all in all, you know, I mean, there was no run game. And, and then you just saw what, what happened with Dak Prescott in the run, in the passing game. I mean, he, he threw for 373 yards. He still threw the ball really well, but there was a lot of plays that I thought that he threw the ball uh, in the dirt, uh, threw it behind guys. I mean, it just, again, he had the numbers as far as yards, but it was just the catches that or the passes that he needed to make in big time moments he wasn't able to do. So uh, Dak didn't have a very good game and that uh, that Cowboys rushing attack did not have a very good game either. So uh, definitely want to shout out to the defensive line. They get a game ball. I don't know who you're going to put. Maybe Rob Marinelli. You'll give the ball to Rob Marinelli. So be it. And really. Uh, the Raiders only had one sack. You know, Unique Ngakwe had that one sack, so it wasn't like they were just living in the backfield and and making Dak Prescott run for his life. I mean, they had pressure on him, but to be able to really concentrate and slow down the run, that was super impressive. 
Finally, I got to shout out special teams, man. And normally I don't even give game balls to the special teams unless it's a, you know, a, a couple big long kicks that, you know, like the first game of the season when Carlson uh, sent it into overtime and then the Raiders eventually beat the, the Ravens. But I think that the, the kicking game was really solid from the punting unit and uh, the, the, the field goals and the extra points on, uh, on Thursday. A.J. Cole had five punts for 243 total yards. 48.6 was the average, but that 68-yarder that he had, even Cleef Furrow was on kick coverage at one point, you know, and really made a big tackle to get the, the Cowboys, uh, you know, a terrible field position, but A.J. Cole, really, he's been doing this all season long. He's been a monster. Uh, I just cannot ignore him. I can't I can't go a, a victory, uh, you know, in, in, in a game where he was really kicking well and not give him a game ball. So A.J. Cole, he's going to take one. And I'm not just going to hand it to the special teams unit. I'm not going to let them just go and put it in their room. Both of these guys deserve their own ball. So A.J. Cole, he gets one. Again, five punts, 243 yards, 48.6 was the average with a long of 68 and don't forget, he's also on the, the unit when they're holding the ball, uh, they're snapping the ball, holding the ball for Daniel Carlson to kick field goals. And he was five for five on field goals. Now, one, I think that's too many. There was a couple opportunities that the Raiders had to get into the end zone. They weren't able to, but they were able to cash in with three. Uh, Daniel Carlson was able to get that. Like I said, I, I don't like to see him have to kick five field goals, but he did. And since he kicked five, he made five. So that's 15 points he put up on the board, but the long was 56. That's his career long. Uh, the, his career long before that was 55 that he made on that very first game of the season, that Monday night football game against the Baltimore Ravens to send the game in overtime. This one was huge, too. Uh, they needed this one in a major way. The game had just got tied up, and uh, Daniel Carlson goes out there and, boom, hits that 56-yarder, put the Raiders back up three points. So uh, Daniel Carlson was clutched there and then three for three on extra points. Uh, so that was big because the Cowboys missed the extra point, and then they went for two, and they missed it after they made the extra point, and the Raiders got called for a penalty. Shocking, right? Another penalty. And then they thought, okay, well, we're going to go for two since we missed the field goal or the extra point earlier. And then Jonathan Abram comes up and makes a big play. Uh, so that's something that you have to think about as well. Now, eventually later in the game, they did hit a two-point uh, two uh, attempt to go ahead and tie the game, but... Yeah, that was uh, that was impressive. So Daniel Carlson five for five for field goals, and then three for three when it comes to extra points. So uh, those are the game balls that I'm handing out today for the Raiders' victory. Uh, I mean, you gotta really. There's probably a couple more people I could have handed it out to. Uh, but you come away with the 36-33 overtime victory on the road on a short week in Dallas on Thanksgiving and prove to 6-5, and five, you damn right you got to get some game balls, right? Who do you want to give a game ball to? Who do you think that I might have missed out on? Uh, 707-654-4693, Lockdown Raiders Podcast voicemail line. Your calls and texts are coming up next. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about a couple great sponsors here of the show. And the first one is Built Bar. And, well, it is Black Friday today, right? It is officially. So uh, Built Bar is doing it really, really Really big, and they're going all out this Friday weekend, this Black Friday weekend, with the most delicious Black Friday that ever was in the history of Black Fridays. Yeah, now that I got your attention, now that I got your attention, check this out: new limited time flavors, new types of bars, and a winter wonderland of a deal. How about this high end deliciousness at a discount all through Black Friday weekend? Get at least twenty percent off anything and everything at Built.com. All you got to do is use the promo code LOCKED20. A lot of times we talk about the promo code being LOCKED15. This time it's LOCKED20, so you can get 20% off anything and everything at Built.com. They do have a new flavor. How about Ruby Chocolate Puffs? Dark chocolate, there's white chocolate, and now there's Ruby Chocolate. It's all part of the Built Bar Club. Another new flavor, Lemon Dipped Cheesecake Puffs. Yeah, think about that one for a while. If you love lemon cheesecake, you'll love Lemon Dipped Cheesecake Puffs. 
tangy taste of lemon, sweet cheesecake, and a marshmallowy puff all covered in chocolate. And of course, a Built Black Friday weekend is not complete without the word free, right? Buy any box of Built Bars through Sunday and get two of their brand new candy bars, Built Crave, for free. If it ain't free, it ain't me. And so you're going to get hooked up. Built has finally done it. They've come up with a candy bar that is a great alternative to the bar that claims to satisfy. It's caramel-flavored chocolate loaded with peanuts, giving it that nutty, chocolatey, Ooh, so good, sweet candy bar taste. Crave is only 160 calories with 16 grams of protein. Show me a candy bar that even comes close. Right now, check out their website. You'll get 20% off Built Bars and two free Crave Bars, all at Built.com. Plus, you can get 60% off Built Broth and Built Boost and 40% off Built Swag. Just enter the code LOCK20 at Built.com. I'm trying to tell you, man, that's a whole lot of hookup for this Black Friday weekend. I also want to tell you about betonline.ag. And I know Thanksgiving is over, but football still goes on and on and on. Of course, you watch a lot of football on Thanksgiving, but you're going to watch a lot of football all holiday weekend long, right? BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving holiday. Go to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. That's how you receive the bonus. You got to use the promo code Locked On. And of course, it's not just football. BetOnline.ag has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, stuff with deals this Thanksgiving. Segment number three, it's up next. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with a text from Matt in the OC. He says, Q, Raider Matt in OC. Big win today. We still suck at third and short, but damn, does D-Jax make a difference out there. Seems like he was on the field a lot more today, and that's what this offense was missing. Even when he's not the target, the presence of a burner opens up the offense to do a lot more. With five more conference games, Hope today sparks a hot streak. That's from Matt in the OC. And that's the thing, man. You hit it right there on the head. They have one more game that's not an AFC game. And that's this upcoming week against the Washington football team at home. And then the rest of the games are all AFC games. And really, it could go down to the wire. I know that I wasn't feeling good about this team's chances to make the playoffs after they lost to the Cincinnati Bengals. But man, if they can get through this game this upcoming week against Washington, and then you have nothing but AFC games the rest of the way until the end of the season, you never know what can happen. But you got to get hot. You really got to get hot. You can't go into the uh, into the end of the season cold and think that you're going to make the playoffs. You're just not going to do it. But uh, yeah, man, they got a real big deal chance. And so uh, that was a big win that they had on Thursday against the Cowboys. Thank you so much for your text, my man. I appreciate you. And yeah, Deshaun Jackson was a, a heck of a player out there on Thursday. Uh, next up, I got a call from ABA Ivan Davis. He's calling to break down the game and give his thoughts on what he felt like the Raiders really did well. This is ABA Ivan Davis calling in after a spectacular Raiders win. They did everything I wish they could have done. The first thing they did was what you said they had to do, and that was play desperate. And they looked like they like they season was on the line against the Cowboys. They took the ball down the field, first drive, touchdown. Hadn't done that. I think there was one other time this year they did that. Okay, but I can't really remember. They normally start off slow. And then they scored again, okay? And that told me right there that it was going to be different. Two, 
they trust Zay Jones. They're starting to trust Zay Jones. He can. He may not have the speed of Henry Ruggs. I'm trying not to say that anymore, but he can make contested catches. Even though they call it incomplete, if you see that catch he made on the sideline, the man is an athlete. And now Carr is starting to develop trust, and he used his legs. He did what he had to. I sent him a personal letter. I don't know if he got it, but it but it said a lot of these things. You know, it's doubtful that he read it, right? I'm sure he got someone that screens that stuff. But uh, I wrote him a personal letter, you know, to get in the player's face. He did that a couple of times. Hey, let's go, let's go, let's go. I think I was reading his lips. Okay, uh, a couple of times. I mean, his demeanor was spectacular, what a leader should be. Okay, and he did what Cowboys had good defense. They did what they had to do. And and the biggest thing is they used Deshaun Jackson, even when Waller went down. Waller was getting ready to have a big game. He was cooking the Cowboys secondary. He was running man coverage, and he was smoking them. And so they finally, I think the Cowboys finally went zone because they couldn't cover our receivers, man to man, except for uh, number seven. Okay, he did a good job, and everybody else got cooked. Okay, and so, uh, and even the running game started, started to develop, okay, down the stretch. And so, uh, all around, it was, it was a win we absolutely needed because I think our season would have ended had we lost that game. And so, uh, you know, a lot of people call it a shot, but it just shows that the Raiders still have talent. And now they actually believe it. I think this win is going to springboard the offense. I'm not going to say wins, but it'll springboard the offense. Okay. Uh, and Deshaun Jackson uh, did his thing. So now they got to respect that. I'm, my prayer, though, is that Waller comes back. Okay. With, because Deshaun Jackson opened up Waller. Okay, because now they have to respect him, and he he killed him. He absolutely killed him. Thank you, my man, for the call. And, yeah, that was only the second time this season that they scored on the first drive of the game. Carr played out of his mind. That's why I gave him the game ball. He spread the ball around. He pushed the ball down the field, and it was a win that the Raiders definitely had to have. So uh, thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you, my man. Uh, next up, I got a text from Mark in Kentucky. Hey, Q, it's Mark from Kentucky. The other day, I said we hang 40 on them, and I'm booking my Airbnb. Well, I'm not booking nothing yet, but this team is going to suck me back in. <laughs> Massive win. Do you think Mariota used on the goal line would have happened if all the writers and fans didn't repeatedly ask for it? That's from Mark in Kentucky. And thank you so much for the text, my man. And yeah, I do think Mariota would have been used on the goal line if, if the writers and fans hadn't talked about it because it's something that the Raiders have talked about. They've been saying that they're trying to get him involved. They've rolled him out there. It's just every time they roll him out there, it's a false start. So they've done it. They've used him. It, look, I'll tell you one thing. I know that Derek Carr listens. I know all the players listen to what the media says or what the media is writing. Derek Carr even told Paul Gutierrez that, oh, there was someone in here that didn't think that we were going to win the game. And he said, Paul. I mean, so he I mean, he listens. They all listen. Don't get me wrong. But the team itself, they, they know what they want to do. They know they want to get Mariota involved. They just couldn't. Throughout the course of his career with the team, he's been injured. And then the last few times that they've tried to roll him out there, the Raiders have some kind of bonehead penalty, usually a false start or something. So, no, I, I can't take credit and say that the media uh, forced that to happen. And honestly, this is something I tweeted out when Mariota came in the first time and picked up one yard. It's really a fine line of when you use them because the Raiders went down the field and, well, they, they, were, they were cooking, you know, cooking with grease, like I like to say. And then they brought in Mariota, and it felt like they – 
it felt like it ruined the rhythm. You know what I mean? So you really got to be careful when you use him. You don't want to ruin the rhythm that they have because right now when you bring in Marcus Mariota, everybody in the building, every swing and D in the building thinks that, oh, he's going to run the ball. Now, if he threw the ball a couple times, maybe that would be different. Then it would, the element of surprise would still be there. But right now, anytime he's in the game, it's like, okay, he's going to run the ball. So the first time that they used him down by the goal line and they end up settling for three points, I felt like it, it kind of took the rhythm away. But I can't be mad at that because it's something that we've all been calling for. You know, it's like you can't say, put him in, put him in, put him in, put him in. Oh, shouldn't have put him in. You know what I mean? Like you can't have both ways, even though some people try to do that. You really can't. So I applaud them for trying to use him and, and using him twice in the game. The second time obviously worked, got him into the end zone. That was great. But the first time, I really felt like it kind of slowed down the rhythm. But, hey, you know, you take a chance. You, you do what you got to do. So uh, hopefully that helps explain uh, what I'm trying to say on there. So thank you for that text, my man. I appreciate you. Next up, I got a call from Raider Beck in Concord. He's calling to talk about the game, and he wants to give some props to Daniel Carlson and Derek Carr. Here he is, Raider Beck out of Concord. Hey, Q, it's Raider Beck in Concord. Uh, just a couple minutes about the game. I think Daniel Carlson deserves a game ball. And Derek Carr, man, did he stand tall? He surely did. He took a lot of hits. He had number 11 breathing down his neck the whole night. He got hit to the floor, and he kept getting up, and he stood in the pocket and made some throws. And I'm so happy for Derek Carr. Just for all the controversy. You know, the guy, the guy cares so much. And to see it come through in the game tonight, that was awesome. And how about that run? I would love to see Derek Carr run the ball more. I, I the twenty yard run he did was ah, I I'd be so happy to see more of that. So yeah, just super happy about the win and uh Derek Carson has and Derek Carr, yeah. Just good call. So thanks man. Take care. Good call, my man. Appreciate you. And yeah, no doubt about it. Short and sweet. They both deserve game balls. And that's why they both got game balls in segment number two of the show. Uh, Both had really good games, Carlson and Derek Carr. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Next up, I got a text from Joby One Kenobi in Arlington, Texas. He says, Q, was it just me or was the Cowboy D-line lined up all over the ball all night? 11 was hanging his helmet over the ball all night. I might be tripping. Glad we won. Raiders, Raiders. That's from Joby One Kenobi in Arlington, Texas. And uh, 11 was kind of leaning over a little bit. Looked like he was hanging over the line of scrimmage a little bit. But I'll tell you what, 11 is a dog, man. That is one heck of a dude. That's a guy, Michael Parsons, that you want to have on your team. And I know there's a lot of questions about his character going into the draft. I'll tell you what, man, that is an absolute dude. That that guy is is, an, is a monster, man. He, he like I mentioned before, he wrecks games. So, uh, you know, luckily uh, he didn't wreck the game for, uh, for the Raiders. But, man, he did play a factor, no doubt about it. Thank you for that text. Appreciate you. Uh, next up, and I just got time for a couple more. Jacob in Fresno, he's calling to talk about the fight and the statement that the Raiders made on Thanksgiving night at AT&T Stadium. Here he is, Jacob in Fresno. Hey, Q. Jacob from Fresno. Wanted to say first off, it was awesome meeting you uh, last weekend for the Raiders Bengals game, but that's not the point. That's last week. Today is a new day, and man, the Raiders can definitely make every fan have high blood pressure by the end of each game. But man, what a what a statement kind of game. But when you're down and out, you just keep fighting, and that's what the Raiders did tonight. Awesome awesome way to show that they're not quitting and they're not giving up. There were some moments where you're still head scratchers, but the things that I think fans have been asking for, you know, Derek stepping up in the pocket, 
you know, being a little bit more patient and delivering some balls. You know, Deshaun Jackson was huge for this game, finally showed up. Besides some big catches, also do some pass interference calls. And that's what, you know, throwing the ball deep, we got a few pass interference calls, so it's awesome. You know, and the defense stepped up when it matters the most in the, matters the most in the beginning of OT, getting a three and out. You know, again, it wasn't perfect, but it's what we needed. We needed a win. Hopefully we get this long break until next Sunday, but we'll worry about that when we get there. But, yeah, just an awesome game, man. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Have a happy Thanksgiving, bro. And as always, just win, baby. Yeah, man, it was great to meet you and the family uh, at the Rockstar. And, uh, yeah, hopefully all is well. Uh, unfortunately, the Bengals uh, came away with that victory at Allegiant Stadium. But, like I said, it was good to see you and, and meet the family. Uh, now, moving forward to Thanksgiving, of course, the Raiders come up with that victory. And they needed that win in a major way. That might have just saved their season. Now, they can't just rest on that Thanksgiving Day primetime victory. They've got to go into action. And they got to really get cooking. Washington this week. Kansas City following that. You know what I mean? It's like boom, 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 boom. There's no time to, to get you know excited about one big-time win. You've got to stack some wins now. If you're going to stack some wins, you have an opportunity to make a run towards the playoffs. They got a lot of work cut out for them. They put themselves in a bad position, but that was a good step forward that they took on Thursday night against Dallas. Carr, D-Jax, Renfro, Zay Jones, the run game all came up big on Thursday. Thank you for the call, my man. Appreciate you. So that's all I got for today's show, Raider Nation. Uh, at least you can go into the holiday weekend, maybe go get some shopping on if you're going to get your Christmas shopping or holiday shopping, whatever you want to call it. If you're going to go do some of that, if you're going to go out there and battle the, the crowds out there, uh, at least you can do it with a smile on your face after coming away with the victory or the Raiders coming away with the victory. So enjoy your time with your family. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy football on Sunday. I'm going to do the same thing. Me and the family, we're still in Central Texas. We're going to hang out here till Sunday, fly back to Allegiant, St- Allegiant Stadium, fly back to Vegas on uh, on Sunday, and then we'll be back in the home studios uh, on Monday. We'll be back at it, and we'll be talking about the Raiders starting to turn the page to look towards the Washington football team. But uh, have a great weekend, Raider Nation. Appreciate everyone who hit me up by way of Twitter, at your boy Q254. And of course, appreciate everyone who hits me up at 707-654-4693. That's the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. So until Monday, Raider Nation, uh, when we talk again, have a great weekend. Love on your family. And most importantly, just win, baby.